0: He was a man dressed in rags, dirty, unkept, a heavy burden on his back. John Bunyan, in his wonderful book *Pilgrim's Progress*, writes i saw the man walking in the fields reading his book greatly distressed in his mind as he read he burst out as he had often done before crying what shall i do to be saved i noticed that he looked this way and then that way as if he would run yet he stood still because he could not decide which way to go Just then I looked and saw someone named Evangelist coming toward him. Evangelist came to the man and asked, Why are you crying out so? He answered, Sir, I understand from reading the book in my hand that I am condemned to die, and after that to come to judgment. I'm not willing to do the first, nor able to do the second. Then Evangelist asked, Why are you not willing to die since this life is attended with so many evils? The man answered, Because I am afraid that this burden that's on my back will sink me lower than the grave, and I shall fall into hell. And, sir, continued the man, if I'm not ready to die, then I'm not prepared to go to judgment and from there to execution thinking about these things distresses me greatly then evangelist said if this is your condition why are you standing still because I don't know where to go the evangelist gave him a parchment unrolled it so that the man could read flee from the wrath to come flee from the wrath to come It is by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit that we begin to see our true condition before God. Now we've layered it over with all kinds of religion, the modern teaching of the day. We've layered it over with entertainment and with television and with videos and with YouTubes. We've layered over our life with work and ambition and many different kinds of things pull at us but the core essential heart is. You're on your way to judgment and then to execution. And it's by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit that we must face these issues and ask very serious questions. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm happy you're listening today. I pray God will quicken your heart and that he will call you into a new place with himself. A place of rest and joy. A place of righteousness. Now I need to talk very briefly about a dear brother. His name is Enrico now Enrico immigrated to the United States. He's 37 years old. He left a dangerous place with limited opportunities. He came to the United States trusting in God, willing to work hard, hoping for a better life. He's married. He has a child. He's a Christian brother. He was on his work, manual labor, down in a deep ditch. It did not have the appropriate safety things in place. And a man running a backloader dumped a load of dirt on him and literally buried him alive. Crushed his leg, tore up his arm, He's been in the hospital now some time. He is absolutely without any resources. He needs our help. And so, one person set up a GoFundMe page. And you're welcome to go to that GoFundMe page. And donate as Jesus calls you. If you'll go to the broadcast, Jesus is enough. That was yesterday's broadcast. You'll find the address for the GoFundMe page. You can click on that and it will take you directly to that GoFundMe page. There are some times when the church needs to come together and we need to care about people. This dear man, a Spanish Hispanic. He needs our help. If you'd like to help, go to the web page of yesterday's broadcast. Click on it. Jesus is enough, and it will take you to an announcement where the GoFundMe page is listed. Give whatever the Lord tells you to give. I just know that we as a people have to care for one another now let's come back to the topic of the day and I have titled this broadcast I will not go out free I will not go out free now there's a passage of scripture it's found in Exodus the 21st chapter If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years. And in the seventh, he shall go out free and pay nothing. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife, and she's born him sons and daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, you catch that. If I, if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an owl. And he shall serve him forever. shall serve him forever. Now most of us have come to Jesus initially because we were terrified of going to judgment. We came because we knew we could not cover ourselves. We could not cover our sin. And Jesus was offering forgiveness. So it's a, a self-preservation from the wrath to come that drives the awkward sinner to his Savior. And Jesus blots out those transgressions and he begins to pour his love out upon us and up a great gratitude in the heart of that sinner. We love him because he first loved us. But when the believer becomes thoroughly acquainted with Jesus as a person and understands his inner life, his love to Jesus will become a deep spiritual passion, a supreme attachment. That's why I come on this broadcast and I say, Oh, my brother, my sister, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He is everything to me. It is this form of love which is the secret spring of unlimited sacrifice, devotion, and service to Jesus. The love of a person is far stronger than the love of gratitude. The love of personal attachment will lead to a thousandfold more sacrifice and self-forgetfulness than any other form of love this this man who sold himself as a bond servant, no Israelites could not be sold as bond servants. He was a servant. He had a right to family. To children. He chose to have his ear bored out, to enter into a lifelong servitude, to abandon his labors to the complete will of another person because he loves his master. It is true, he loves his wife. He loves his children. And he loves his master because of his gifts. But over and above all of this, he is attached to his master as a brother. He honors his character. He can rest in his plans. He can trust in his care. He never wants to get any further away from him. His... uh, affection for his master is not ambiguous. It is not silent. And he plainly says for everyone to hear, I love my master. This is the secret spring that calls us into having a pure heart before Jesus. Not because we're afraid of going to hell. Not because we merely want the gifts that Jesus will give to us. But our time with him has made us willing to do anything for him, to be anything for him, and to suffer anything for him, that we might finally be united with him forever. This title of the broadcast from the scripture, I will not go out free, is at the very heart of this. There are some people that I meet that are full of rancor and bitterness and demands. You owe me this. You're wrong. You're a sinner. Oh, they're full of condemnation and criticism. They're legalists. They don't know who Jesus is. And if they call themselves a Christian, it's only because they get some benefits or because they're afraid of hell. I don't want to walk like that. I will not walk like that because Jesus has won my heart. The great mass of believers today think that if Jesus will only save them from hell they can then manage their own affairs by themselves. They seek their own honor. They seek their own wealth. They plan to get into certain offices or into certain situations. They manage their own small interests. They think way ahead and lay their schemes for themselves or for their friends. They're not willing to wait for what they consider the slow footsteps of God's will. They're afraid that God will leave them in misery. And so, they trust God and those general principles of the faith, but they trust themselves in the working out of those details and they end up in spiritual bankruptcy. But ah, how blessed is the soul that will not dare trust in itself, that will not dare to go out free, exercising his own will or his own plans. (coughs) Pardon me but in every way he's choosing to abandon himself in every general and in every particular issue to the supervision of his master and will dare receive only what he gives. This person is only interested at every point and forever with what is the will of Jesus for my life. And if you read the first verses of Romans 12, you'll discover very quickly that Romans is, as written by the Apostle Paul, speaking about bringing your life and putting it on the altar and becoming then a living martyr. Everything is on the altar. This is a person who is willing to prefer, to want absolute, unending slavery of love and not the apparent freedom of what is legal. In other words, a couple that marries, the legal part of it is not the heart of it. The heart of it is love and sacrifice for one another. And when a person in a marriage begins to be bitter and angry and demand this and that, threaten, extort, you know that person doesn't really know who Jesus is. They're walking in legality. They have missed the gospel of Jesus. The same is true between people in the church. The same is true in whatever area you move. If you're there to demand your rights, to accuse, to cast down, then you walk in legality. And you don't know about this love relationship with Jesus. I want you to to know this love with Jesus as I do. He is awesome. I will only receive from his hand what he chooses to give me. And if a brother or sister comes against me and demands that I give them what I have, you know what? I'd rather be wronged than try to prove I'm right. That is the scripture. The covenant of love service demands then that the master shall bring this person who wants to make this covenant under the judges. He'll bring him to the door also and under the doorpost. Now let's be clear. The master brings him to the judges because the judges are the ones who settle all matters of law and equity between man and man. The judges take no part in the boring of the servant's ear. But simply, they witness the transaction. In like manner, the law has no power to regenerate or purify the human heart. But by putting us under conviction for pardon or purity, it is the schoolmaster to lead us to Jesus. We are not saved by the law, but Jesus saves us in harmony with the law. Our salvation is at every step, sanctioned by the law. Now let's be clear, this involves an act of perfect self-sacrifice to our Master's will. And also, the, the act is destroying all remaining disloyalty in our nature. This is a work that God does in us, and for us, and with us. It is a circumcision of the heart done by Jesus. We cannot save ourselves, but we can repent of our wickedness. We can confess every sin. We can come to Jesus, and he will save us from our sin and from every transgression for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and by the sacrifice for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be totally fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want to read that for you in another translation. This is the Wonderful lavender translation. If you're not acquainted with it, I encourage you to buy one. Romans, the third chapter. I'll begin with 28. This is a literal translation. Logically, therefore, a man is made righteous by means of faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only and not also of the Gentiles, Yes, of the Gentiles also, since indeed God is one. He will make the circumcision righteous out of faith and the uncircumcision righteous by means of the same faith. So we do not set aside the law because of faith. Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish moral law. So the action that I'm describing is not against the law. It is very much in line with the law. It is being given a pure heart. We do not, as the imputed holiness men teach, make void the law through faith. We establish the law. It's my desire that you have a perfect love to God and to others out of a pure heart. Now, this man comes to his master and he says, I will not go out. Now, comes the total identification of the servant with his master's interests. This is at the very heart of this. Whose interest are you going after? Are you going after your own interest? Judging and condemning and cursing others? Demanding your rights? Then you don't know what I'm talking about. And I urge you to quickly repent and turn from this way of darkness and destruction for surely it will take you to hell. This man who has said I will not go out is taken to a doorpost by the master. The judges are there. They witness the transaction. His ear is then pinned to the door or the doorpost of the master's house. He would thereby be pledged to protect the master's property, to guard the interests of his family, to be identified with the master's estate, and to forego all private and personal interests in anybody else's house or estate. This is the spirit which must fill every believer when he passes himself over to an unlimited and unquestioning conformity to Jesus, it is a willingness to be nailed to his cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are called to be crucified with Christ. That crucifixion is pictured in the Old Testament by a man having his ear pinned to the doorpost of his master's house. He is now going to forego all other masters, all other service. He will only act in the Spirit in accord with his master's will. Comment on the scripture is found in the experience of David in the book of Psalms. He says, Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. This is a direct reference to the scripture under consideration. The word opened here in the Hebrew is digged or bored. David discovered that the sacrifice which God wanted was the unlimited sacrifice of his will, and he declares that he has made this perfect sacrifice to God by having the Lord bore his ear which proves that the lesson under consideration was designed to foreshadow the believer's complete devotion to his Master. Now with this we have seen illustrated in the experience of Isaiah Second Samuel 7.27 For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, has bored the ear of thy servant. Has bored the ear of thy servant. Solomon describes the blessedness of a man whose ear has been bored with reference to his readiness for hearing the divine command, saying, Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth, watching daily at my gates, Waiting at the post of my door. That's a man who has had his ear bored and he waits for his master. This is the picture a docile, unquestioning service of the servant whose ear has been bored. If we want to find the extreme opposite of this, we simply have to take a quotation from Stephen's sermon to the backslidden Jews. He said, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit, Acts 7.51. Now, I want you to notice, the prompt obedience is connected with the boring out of the ear or the pinning of the ear to the doorpost with the owl. And inability to hear the Holy Spirit is connected with having an ear that has not been pierced. Many who would not enter into this crucifixion with Jesus, who would not continue to wear the mark of holiness, like the stubborn and backslidden members of the Jewish church, do always resist the Holy Spirit. They resist holy people they resist holy things. They make horrible judgments and accusations because they are not able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to them. How infinitely blessed you are today if you have had your ear bored out or pierced by the owl to the doorpost of the master you've been crucified how blessed you are if you now listen patiently at the doorpost of the Lord's palace to catch every whispered command and you quickly walk in obedience to this now let me try to talk about something for just a moment We all hear words spoken to us. We hear as we read the Scriptures, but all of you do not hear the Holy Spirit speak to you because your heart has been seared by the world, by the flesh, by the devil. I talk with you and you say that as you read the Scriptures, you go to sleep. As you pray, you go to sleep. You don't have a hunger for Jesus anymore. There's not a passion in your heart of love and and obedience to Jesus and his commands. You're lukewarm or cold-hearted, cynical, angry, bitter, full of judgments. Because you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit he doesn't dwell in you he constantly is calling after you but if you don't have ears to hear you'll continue your path of being self-righteous even as the backslidden Jews were stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart always resisting the Holy Spirit now I want to share with you briefly how I walk As the Lord awakens me in the night and calls me to pray, as He did this morning, at 3.30 I came into the prayer closet and began to listen, and He began to tell me some things that He wanted me to do. I will obey Him. I will do those things. They're very hard. They're very expensive, but I will do them because He is my provision. He's telling me to give something to a certain person because they're angry and bitter. I don't owe them anything, but they have accusations. And the Lord has simply said, settle those accusations. Okay. Not because I'm owing them, but because the Holy Spirit said, do that. I would rather... I would rather give and sacrifice than fight. I don't need to try to be right. I simply need to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Do you know things that He's saying to you that He wants you to do, that He wants you to say, that He wants you to give, and you are resisting the Holy Spirit now, how do we hear the Holy Spirit? Well, I'll tell you exactly how I hear the Holy Spirit. I hear Him when I read the Scriptures. it, The pages, the, the verses leap out at me, and I know the Holy Spirit is quickening those. I also hear Him at times as He calls me into the prayer closet, and I begin to speak with Him or begin to speak with Him about specific issues, and He begins to send a sense in my heart Yes, this is what I want you to do. And when I agree to it, there's great peace that enters my soul. And then sometimes he'll speak to me through a friend who will say to me, Pastor, I'm just hearing. And then they'll share their word with me. Or on those wonderful occasions, he will even speak audibly to me. I rejoice in his direction. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. My sheep will follow me. What I want to say to you today is, you cannot hear the Holy Spirit if you're walking in rebellion and sin. You need to confess that sin and get right with him. You need to make this unconditional surrender and say, I will not go out and be free. I will not run my own life. These actions, one on the part of a master who receives and part of the servant who gives. It is the master's hand and his alone that applies the stroke of crucifixion. The judges do not. His loved ones do not. It's not his own virtuous works. It's not any law of development or growth. But rather it is the short, sudden stroke of the loving master's hand that pins his ear that doorpost that crucifies him with Christ. It is Jesus who does this. It is coming to this word that is a wonderful word forever. Forever given to Jesus, forever separated out from the world. Forever. No partial measures, no questioning of authority, all mental reservations as to the extent of the sacrifice, they're gone. All spirit of human policy is forever left behind. You launch upon a boundless sea of service you don't know the details or the demands to be made upon you but you are trusting unreservedly to the care of the master you agree to serve him without measure without specified pay or honor you you make a pledge that you will serve him even if he doesn't pay you i had a person come to me who was volunteering And then they got tired of the volunteer work. And they said to me, you owe me for all of the back work I've done and I want you to pay me for it. A total change of heart. A total change of spirit. So I did. I paid them. That person is walking in total wickedness before God. You see... I'm talking about a Christian who sells himself to Jesus because of Jesus' love. I'm talking about a Christian who serves Jesus out of love. He does not ask for pay. He only asks for love. He keeps no account on his labor, doesn't keep track of his hours, doesn't keep track of his money. These are the servants of God that transform nations with their self-sacrificing toil, and they ask no higher honor in heaven or on earth than that of wearing the mark of crucifixion, which their master has fixed upon them. I'm wondering, Have you received the mark of this crucifixion? Have you said, I will not go out free? I will serve you, Jesus. I will give myself utterly and completely with no reservation. I will not think my own thoughts. I will not go to my own places. I will not spend my own money. I will not I will not do anything that is not for the building up of your kingdom Jesus. That is not for the furtherance of the gospel Jesus. I will care for my family. I will love the sick and the poor. I will pour out my heart my time, my money, it all belongs to Jesus, and I will pour it out as he asks me to do so and as he calls me to unconditionally lay down all ownership of my life and allow myself to be used totally and completely by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Can you say today that that is your choice and your decision, we have about five minutes left in this broadcast. I'm going to open the phone line. And if as you've listened to this broadcast, you want to say, I have made the decision, Pastor, I will not go out free, then call me right now. I want to hear from you. 877-534-0780. If we don't have much time, call quickly. I want you to come forward and say I will serve Jesus in this way unconditionally lay my life down for him and while I'm waiting for a moment again I'm going to take you to Enrico he is a Hispanic brother who has been severely injured and if you go on the on the web, to our webpage, NationalPrayerchapel.com and click on Jesus is Enough, the message from yesterday. There you will find the page for GoFundMe to help this dear construction worker, a Christian brother with a family who was buried alive and has no income. No money for food, no money for rent, He's in very, very serious trouble. His leg was crushed. His arm, his, his shoulder was crushed. If you'd like to go to the GoFundMe page, go to Jesus is Enough, the message from yesterday, and there you'll find the address. And click on it, you'll go there. Oh, I just want every one of you to call and say, I want to say, I will not go out free. I will have my ear pinned to the cross. And I unconditionally surrender my life. Is that your cry? Lord, I pray right now for brothers and sisters who have listened to this broadcast. I know you've brought conviction to their hearts, for I have sensed it in your spirit. And Lord, I ask now in your mighty name and by your grace that you would help pull through those who are struggling with this issue of whether or not they will lay their life down for you. Lord, many came to you and said, yes, they would do that at the beginning, but they've never done it. And they have turned cold or cynical or bitter, angry. They're just religious, like the Jewish people that were so rebellious against Stephen and executed him. They just go to church and hang out and then they go to their worldly entertainment. Lord, I'm asking, please, would you would you bring right now O oh Lord God would you bring right now the answer that they will give themselves utterly, totally, and completely into your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to pray about one more item Lord, I need to come and pray for our president and I ask that you would stop the wicked strife that is consuming our nation. I ask in your mighty name that you would give our president wisdom and understanding and a clean heart. A new heart. I ask for the Democrats and Republicans who so engage in bitter dispute to destroy America I ask that you bring whatever judgment is necessary to stop them in their tracks I ask that you would bring America together once again as a nation who serves you Jesus Lord many Muslims have come to America I ask their conversion. Lord, we could not go to Saudi Arabia or some of these places. They would have killed us, but they've come to America and we can witness here. Lord, I pray for the salvation of the Muslims who have come to America. I ask that you would totally change their hearts and reveal yourself, Jesus, in all of your glory. So, Lord, I pray For those who govern our nation, I ask that you rebuke their wickedness and bring them into a place of agreement and peace that this nation could prosper. Lord, I know your judgments are about to fall because of abortion, murder of babies, and every other kind of wickedness. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, cause your people to rise up and take back America by praying by witnessing by living righteous lives of love and peace and glory to you Lord accomplish all that you desire in this nation I pray in your holy name So what have you decided today? Will you serve Jesus and only Jesus? Will you lay your life down for him? Are you angry and bitter with someone? Will you repent of that and let it go? Do you feel like you've been treated unjustly? Will you go repent of that and let it go? Will you make a determination in your heart that you will only serve Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? That you are unutterably given to Him because you love Him? Because He is magnificent? Will you renounce all legality? Usually, we use legality to apply our rules to somebody else. Will you drop those and go by the voice of the Holy Spirit as He speaks in the Word, as He speaks through your people that you trust in Jesus? Will you listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks in your heart? Will you hear the voice of Jesus? Will you humble your heart and seek his face? Well, we're out of time for this broadcast. I'm so grateful you've listened today. I pray you'll give it to a friend and ask them to listen as well. Jesus is very present when we confess our sin and repent and then ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes and He meets us. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me at Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22 one nine five, that's the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box twenty three forty six, Woodbridge, Virginia, two two one nine five. We are still short six hundred dollars for being able to make the payment to WAVA for last month's radio. pledge was made for $700 and that person has not been able to keep that pledge. Then a person gave an additional pledge of $100 so it's $600. We're still short. If you'd like to give, you can go online to NationalPrayerChapel.com That's NationalPrayerChapel.com and click the donate button and go to PayPal. Or you can give by writing to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 I pray this message today and this week has helped you. We'll continue along this theme next week. I pray that God will meet you today. That he will reveal himself to you. That he will heal every brokenness in your heart. And call you to give yourself totally to him. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.